Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you on a beautiful day, temperate day here in the Florida Keys. I hope it's beautiful where you are. It's late spring time. Late, uh, well, late spring time. It is late. It's the last hurrah of spring before we go into summer. And for some of us, it involves a lot of heat and humidity, sunshine. Sorry about that. But for us here, it's always a lot, a lot of the same, a lot of the same. We just hope for sometimes, just like people in the desert, we pray for rain. Pray for a little rain. Vacationers could give two shits whether we have rain, but yep, it gets dry here for such a long time. You forget you're you're, you're in the tropics. You think it rains all the time. It doesn't. There's for there's days on end where we see no significant precipitation, and then there's weeks on end. Like I guess that would be like our monsoon season, like they have they're having right now in. Bangladesh, Myanmar, India. So we, we we actually look forward to that here. I guess when you have proper straight uh, drainage and building codes and stuff like that, it doesn't affect you as much. I mean, there's still issues with driving. But I'm looking forward to a beautiful day. I got my mind right today. I went to one of my meetings. I uh, have a... I, I start work at around 10.30. I should be out around there about 12 hours later. And I feel good. I had a good night's sleep. But one of the things that really get me onto the right track is talking to you guys. And recently, you know, a lot of times when I do this podcast, and I told you that I'm doing switching podcast platforms, this these uh, episodes give me an opportunity to reflect and hopefully maybe some of the things can help you reflect. But I, I realize my issues aren't the same as your issues. But I, I'm hoping to be more, what would you call it? More in touch with some of the frailties in my being as a person. And one of those is know-it-all-ism. Know-it-all. I have to be right. I have a know-it-all mentality and it's annoying. The actions and tendencies are around today. And how can I be a know-it-all? Because I don't really know everything about myself at this time. I'm still... Getting to understand this owner man, owner's manual, which is me. But I have a need to be right. And I know that has something. I know it's tied to my ego. Has to do something to do with my the way my I value myself, my self-worth. And there's a lot of times when I'm wrong. And it's very difficult for me to admit that I'm wrong. It kind of really punches a hole in that persona that I have. Or I developed. That yeah, 
I'm competent and I know. Well, there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know when it comes to vehicles, when it comes to sports. I have a a wide knowledge, a couple inches deep. Sometimes I have deeper knowledge that goes here, here and there. And sometimes the confidence I display may be an expression of my fears that I'm not that intelligent. When I should just accept accept that. So I'm going to go through a couple different scenarios here. And these all happen at the bar. And I don't know. As a bartender, we all have a vision of what our favorite kind of bartender is. If you do frequent bars. Some people like the stoic bartender that just sits there listening it doesn't impart anything. They're just recording it, looking at you, doing the things, doing their job. It's probably the most ideal, the ideal version of a bartender. And then there's the sage one, the sage. I mean, the wise bartender, you come up, you tell him your problems, he dispenses some advice, which I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing. But then again, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists, they all have their own baggage also. So we get to see with the bartenders, we get to see and people tell you, well, yeah, I, I, I talked to them. Yeah, they gave good advice. Maybe not. You got to be careful with dispensing advice, but. And I'm, I'm reluctant to spend it. I may want to try to give an answer, but I have a difficult time imparting device. I'm getting kind of wishy-washy. I try to be hopeful and things like that. But when it comes to interjecting myself into conversations, I am the worst. I am the worst. If I hear something and something I feel needs to be said, I'll say it. I almost always say it. As long as it's not really out of my venue if someone's talking about maybe it's their relationship. I don't, I don't even hear it. People talking about their relationship, I just stick, hold out. I just look. And judge like everyone else does. No, I try not to judge. That's I'm doing good. I'm trying not to judge. So one, I have, um, here's a scenario that explains what I'm like. A friendly acquaintance. I call them a friendly acquaintance because we're not really friends outside, but we are friends when they're there. I I think this guy's uh, thoughtful, intelligent, comes in young, young guy in his early 30s. Named by the name of Dallas, and we're hanging out, and he's you know well thought out, well spoken, and for some reason the subject of slavery comes up, the historical uh, subject of slavery. We're talking about all types throughout history, and I made my statement that the South, the Southern part of the United States, was the largest sold slave holding system or chattel slave system that existed. Fully one-third of the uh, residents of the South prior to the Civil War may have been chattel slaves. Well, 
Dallas interjected that Egypt had a larger one. And I was talking, well, there's certain types of slave. There's wage slavery and there's chattel slavery, you know, and things like that. Chattel slavery is when you treat them like property. So I had this discussion. But I held on to that. And I had to go and make that statement. And then upon further research, it could appear that there's many societies, China, India, India today, where it's even larger in total number, maybe not as a percentage of the population, as a percentage of the population. In the Caribbean, actually, the Caribbean, which was at the similar time, actually been 50 years earlier, 60 years earlier than when it ended in American South, they had a higher percentage, we're up towards 80 to 90%. But that, that's not the point. The point is, I felt the need to interject myself and I don't think there was solicited. I wanted to make a statement about slavery. For some reason, we we're talking about maybe about the Confederacy or something like that. I brought it up, but I had to do it. I had a hard time accepting it in that disagreement, even though when he started speaking, Dallas, and explaining his side, I realized, I said, he may be right. He might be right. And other ones, I'm not going to give you specifics on the other ones. Maybe. One of them is religion. Someone speaking at one of my meetings, and we're talking about how blessed they were and how God likes them and that God will bestow blessings upon you if you're doing these things. And in my head, all I'm thinking, I said, well, I guess all those kids that got killed yesterday or, you know, or get cancer, or die in fires, or in war, God doesn't like them. You know? I guess that baby, God doesn't like that baby. Baby didn't do enough. He's pretty good. You know, and here I am with my moral superiority, shitting on someone's belief system. I need to be right. So I'll go and say that. I need to write the, the moral philosophy or the outrage. Politics. Why in hell at the bar someone starts, for certain people of certain ilk, right? It happens more, it happens on both the left and the right. But I have a tendency to think it's all a circle. It's all a circle. It's unhappy people airing their grievances. And I've been that unhappy person too. So you always want to kind of blame somebody, right? I always need to blame somebody on the left. It's corporations, it's institutions, it's institutional bias and things like that. On the right, it's people being un-American, taking away your freedom and all that stuff. So for at this time though, I get, and this is what I hear. Someone starts saying shit about something I feel I need to speak up for you. Say, come on, that's enough. Not everyone agrees with you. Well, I'm free to do it. No, no, And then go and say, and then I get right into it, knowing full well that I'm going to piss that person off. I'm going to get worked up. 
I'm going to get worked up. I could do it right now. I could go on and say, go on and say, I can lay out my arguments right now. And that person has said their shit, um, you know, that takes a dump in my bar. That's what they're doing. They're taking a big steamy pile of dump. And we got to either let, let it sit there and smell it or we got to clean it up. That's what it feels like when it's more like a fart. Because, yeah, it stinks when they're saying it. But if you just let it go, it'll eventually clear away. Well, I treat it like a big steaming pile of shit. And I need to clean it up and get rid of it, get rid of all traces of it. When it's more like, and it's more ephemeral. It just disappears and just go, okay, okay. Yeah, I just say, that's good. You go, do you have enough? No. Well, you had enough here for that. Come on, move on. I could easily do that. I could easily do that. You know what? I would feel better for that. But that part of being right, that knowing all the tendencies, that the to kind of say, I'm right, you're wrong, and not being able to, you know, not being able to accept the alternative, that you might be wrong. That you're not 100% right. It's called, you know, here's one word. It's one word. It's called acceptance. Accept that these are these person's views. These are my views. And when people hear acceptance, they hear it as more like sometimes it's equivocating. It's surrendering. It's ceding the moral high ground. It's an admission that their worldview is correct and yours is incorrect. It's not that. It is not that. It's just a way. Acceptance is a way of life where you accept that this is the way it is now. And these are views that people hold. If they really want to know what your views are and they're really open to it, then they'll have a discussion about it. But most of the time, people don't want to have a discussion about it. All they want to do is spout their feelings, not be open to the possibility that what they think doesn't have any basis in reality. And that very well could be me. That very well could be me. And that uncertainty sometimes, that or acceptance, you say, well, this guy, this guy's kind of wishy-washy. He's not, doesn't stick to his guns. Well, you know, lots of people stick to their guns. James Earl, um, not James Earl Jones, guy in Georgetown, Guiana, Jim Jones, the leader of his cult, he stuck to his gun, and so did about six to eight hundred of his his followers who drank drank the Kool Aid. They literally drank poisonous Kool Aid with laced with I think it was cyanide back in the early eighties, late seventies, in order to defend their beliefs. And so did you know people like Adolf Hitler. Um, this is. People, they, they go down, they go down with their belief system. 
instead of saying, well, there's a possibility that it could be wrong. And there's some of them that are very important to maintain. Maybe it is actual physical freedom. When you're defending your land, you're defending uh, your family. Yes, there's times to stay in your ground. But there's other times when you need to just depart the field. It doesn't serve any purpose in the end. You're causing animosity. You're not increasing the general well-being of the people around you. You're not increasing your well-being. Sometimes it's all right to say, you know what? You may be right. We will not. This is all a matter of opinion right now. So I think it's important for people like me, or it just lets me talk about me, to not always assume that what I have to say, whatever golden nuggets are tripping from my lips, are set in stone or correct. It can't be. You know, in the Catholic Church, there was a lot of uh, dispute over the Pope's infallibility when he issues a papal bull or an encyclical. It's considered something solid and, and tangible in the teachings of the church, meaning if they say something while while professing that this is the voice of the, the head of the church on earth, then it's more solid. But if he goes and says something in a sermon and it's not, it's not considered that. It's not considered infallible. They, they talk about infallibility, meaning, but it's only during the cyclicals and these papal bulls, they call them B-U-L-S, L-L-S. And I, I think they're, you know, it's kind of crazy to go and say, listen, you know, this is what God wants. Because you can pretty much tell anybody when you say, this is what God wants me to do. Because people have done a lot of crazy things that said, this is what God wants. This is what you want me to do. When someone's under a deep psychosis, sometimes they could imagine that they have a relationship with someone that doesn't really exist. Like a stalker. Sometimes religious people are kind of like stalkers. But I'm going off on a tangent. But there's, when it comes to religion, politics, lifestyle... There's people out there that have a certainty of what is right and wrong. Where some issues in life aren't that cut and dry. Are not that cut and dry. There's some, we we get confused because we extend these things of certain line of what's right and wrong. Like kindness to children, feeding, caring, nurturing. There's a right side and there's a wrong side. It's pretty easy to understand that you want to be able to house, protect, nurture, educate, nourish, you know, nutritionally. And nurture is more emotional and psychologically. 
But then there's more nebulous thing. It says, well, if you have a child, you're going to have to raise them in different cultures. Hasidic Jew, strict Muslim, Roman Catholic, born again. Now, that's where the things where we all can kind of disagree on. But the people inside those religions will not disagree. No, no, no. This child has to be raised this way or that's it. What's the purpose of them? You know, they're not either they're inside or they're outside. So that's one thing. Same thing with politics. If you don't agree with my political leader, then you have to be a communist. Right? If you don't agree with mine, then you're a fascist Nazi. All or nothing. There's no redeemable quality. If you're on this side, you're selfish, faux patriotic, right? violent, and disruptive. You're on this side, on the, on the other side, you're a libertine. Baby killer. You know, and then both of them say the state's going to try to control you and stuff like that. Where, where, you know, one for negative, one for positive, and the same for the other side. Lifestyle. Relationships. No, you can't be, you can't be gay and have a relationship. It's only a heterosexual relationship. That's one side. There's only two genders. There's no room for misunderstanding. And you're either celibate or in a heterosexual relationship inside of marriage. Right? And on the other side, the extreme is everything can go. Right? There's no room for in the middle. And I guess when I talk about being all right and all wrong, it's being a moderate. Being a moderate of a moderate personality. Being able to see both sides. And unless there's an overwhelming evidence to support something, you're, you really can't be sure. It's a lot of times you have to make a decision on having, when you don't have all the information. Right? If you're buying a used car, you're buying a house. We try to get all the information we're buying. Like you have Carfax when you're buying a car. That's when I, uh, last year, or a year, you know, a little year and a half ago, when I was looking at a new car, I went and did a lot of research. But I didn't have everything. I didn't have all the information I had. I had no idea what would happen to the vehicle after I purchased it. I wasn't even exactly sure how I'd feel about driving, how physically I'd feel. It turns out I'm pretty happy about that. But houses, houses even more so. When people buy a house, they do, they research mortgages, they have to do a house inspection, they should be looking at the neighborhood, checking out their neighbors. If you have kids, you check out the schools. But you really don't know everything. You can say, well, this is the right house they had. It's going to be perfect and all this stuff. You don't know. The neighbor, 
your neighbor could be one. They could be loud. They could be. Uh, they could work night night shifts and come home and drink all night. Or they could have loud arguments and you could hear them. You d- it's impossible to get all the information on certain things. When you get down to the basic answers, it's probably more easier to get that right. When it comes to math. One plus one equals two. When you're thinking of a computer, you have binary binary code, zeros and ones. That's it. That's all there is. And when you get down to the basis of atoms and molecules, that's what that molecule is. That's what that atom is. This is how they react with each other. It's, it's just... A, so hard for some people to admit they don't really know. And that was a difficulty of mine. It still is. I'm working on it. But I imagine whenever we go to experts, purported experts, we're going to go to doctor, we're going to doctors with the wife, dealing with her cancer scare doing a mop-up operation with that. And we're talking to doctors and some of them, they're not sure of everything. They have, they can tell you likelihoods. They can tell you percentages. One funny thing ha- did occur was someone said, the likelihood of that is less than 0.1%. And I said, oh, okay, one in a thousand. And the person looked at me and said, um... I don't even think it's that high. I said, well, it's a little less than one in a thousand. She goes, no, 0.1%. I said, 0.1% is one in a thousand. 100% is, if you have 100 items, that means certainty. 1% is one out of 100. You move the decimal to the left, and that's one out of a thousand. It's always that way. And I was a know-it-all for that. I said it to I said it to a nurse practitioner. I didn't feel good about that. Because first of all, that for some reason I said, Wow, why am I doing this? Person came in the room. I knew enough about it, but I wanted to tell the wife, I said, one in a thousand. Well, geez, that's good really good odds. That's great odds. You know, that's what I wanted. That's what I my ultimate goal, but the way I presented it was fucking you it's one in a thousand and then uh, I, I needed to be right because I'm thinking well Jesus maybe I got that wrong it's 0.1 percent you know one, one yes one out of a thousand my dad and I had this discussion and this is one we're going to be closing it up we're both my dad is a, uh, for some reason I didn't pick up all the things from my dad that I should have. And one of them was a moderation. Being a person of moderate uh, taste. I drank too much. I'm very opinionated. My dad's opinionated, but he understands when he's talking to people that they have a strongly held belief and there's no reason to always try to shit on that 
So we have discussions from time to time. And I can disagree with my dad sometimes. But a lot of times we see we're on the same page with things. For an 80-something-year-old man, an 81-year-old man, he certainly has uh, very moderate and open views to life. And uh, I admire him for that. And I, th- I think a lot of it has to do, a lot of things that I have, tendencies I have, are de- directly attributable to, to my father's demeanor to things. I wish I could be more, what would you call it, even keeled, not less impulsive, because I am an impulsive person. If we had the biggest difference between someone, my impulsivity probably is the biggest difference between us. And if I could ever, I mean, it makes who I am. But that know-it-all-ism, for me trying to know something, and it says I may know something more than someone else. I play trivia, and sometimes when I hear a question, I can be certain of the answer. And then sometimes I'm thinking of it and I say, man, I'm not too certain about this. I appreciate that time because I realize I'm working towards something. People say, hey, Jim, maybe you're not working towards something. What you're working towards is dementia because you used to be certain. Well, I've been certain about things before. Absolutely certain, 100%. I was wrong. Memory is a weird thing. Very weird thing. So, needing to be right, I'm working on that. I'm not working on the need to be right. I'm working on the need to alleviate that. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening. I will be back again Today is Wednesday. I got a busy day tomorrow. Hopefully I can get another episode in tomorrow. We can talk about something new. If you're interested, you don't have to listen. Because remember what he said, I'm not always right. Uh, So take care and have a great day.